With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is E.J. Musa with The Naked Truth. I'm bringing on Jennifer Jensen with me. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm doing quite well. I'm sorry, a little bit of a technical difficulty starting the show today, but today we're going to be discussing why do so many politicians become ineffective? And I know that um, with my experience with you in the past, working with elections and trying to sort of shift the dialogue and uh, local elections in John Street, Georgia, that um, we were both disappointed with the way some politicians, the ones that we elected, did not turn out to be the ones that were up there uh, passing laws and making policy. What do you think about that? I do. I think that uh, there needs to be some uh, standards for and criteria for our politicians and that if they make promises or commitments that they need to fulfill them or not be eligible to run again. Like, uh, for example, uh, if they run in the middle of a term, I don't think they should be eligible to run for another position. It's, right. To me, and how would that be enforced, um, do you think? Well, I mean, they, they run to commit. Uh, to fulfill a seat, to fulfill an elected position, and then to just quit like that, uh, to me, it seems really irresponsible and disingenuous. Um, I, I just sort of think of Brad Raffensperger when he resigned um, on city council to run for state rep. We were without someone sitting in that seat for how long? Almost a year? Half a year or so? Uh, almost Nine a month. months? Um. Yeah. Alignment. And here, you know, you have yeah. a, a, a city without uh, that voice, without that representation, without an extra yeah. set of eyes but, and ears to look into into the issues and, and to vote on them appropriately and represent the people. Yes, but I, just to be honest and fair, I don't blame Raffensperger for that scenario. I blame uh, Mayor Mike Bosher and Councilman Lenny Saprowski and uh, Steve Rodnett for that because they consulted with lawyers and decided that reading between the lines of the legalese that they were uh, technically allowed to keep that position open as long as possible despite what our city charter said. But I like where you're heading with the conversation because 
the politicians need to rise to another level. I would even go so far as to say, like, for local politicians, they have to show some sort of competency with the city charter to understand what it is about Mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do. But, you know, the the bigger thing I think is that once a candidate becomes elected, they're no longer truly representing the citizens of the community, but now they're somehow legally bound to represent the city itself. And I've seen that conflict time and again with politicians who – would have voted one way when it was for the benefit of a resident. Like when they get behind doors, especially those uh, closed sessions, you know, when they go into executive session and the mayor and the lawyers tell them they have to do this on behalf of the city, which is the, the actual enterprise and not the residence itself. Right. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, there seems to be much more concern about the city and not the residents. And protecting the city from getting sued. So perhaps a good direction to go to would be one six-year term uh, or maybe two four-year terms max, and then we get new people in there with fresh ideas. Because, you know, we worked really hard to get a couple of people elected in Johns Creek, and once they got up on the city council, they seemed to – take a a different path, and I don't know if they get corrupted with the associations with the other people uh, already elected on the city council, or they just decide they want to do something different. I don't don't know. What are your thoughts on that issue? Well, I like the four-year term. I actually think that, personally, I think that city uh, seats should be limited to one term. And they can run for another term in a different seat or a different position or somewhere else, but that they need to fulfill that four-year term. Because it's just, to me, there just seems to be so much flux of, elect. you know, people get election burnout. And, you know, there's just constantly, at least in Johns Creek, there's just all these elections and runoffs. And that's why there's such a low voter turnout, because there's just so much turnover and people seeking higher office. And yet they didn't do much for the actual office that they initially ran for and fulfill those terms. So um, I, I think, you know, with a city that has 80,000 people, you know, have one term and that's it. And then, you know, allow people to run for other seats. You know, the interesting thing is that we see the same phenomena both at the state level and at the federal level as well, don't we? Don't we see people elected to state of Georgia positions and then um, they end up uh, not being the type of politician that we thought they were going to be? I I wish it was a better way to give a litmus test to a politician on what they were going to do and not do. That's why I kind of like the, uh, you know, the three strikes and you're out rule where, you know, you violate the city charter three times you're no longer qualified to be an elected official. You violate the state constitution three times, you're gone. You know, if you vote for legislation mm-hmm. at the federal level and three times the Supreme Court finds that your name is on something that uh, has been proven to be unconstitutional, you're, you're gone because we all know these people take an oath. We've seen them take an oath. It's a big ceremony at the beginning of their term. They put their hand on the Bible or whatever else they may choose, and they promise to uphold not only the city charter, but the state constitution 
send the Constitution to the United States of Georgia. And then they turn around, and one of the first things they do is begin to violate it. We've really seen that now in Congress. So many of these new congressmen who were elected said they were going to protect the Constitution of the United States, and as soon as they get up there, they start trying to tear apart the Second Amendment. They're supposed to be defending it, not destroying it. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I also think that so what do you think a voter quality can do of life to make a better decision? Voter what? What do you think a voter can do to help make a better decision when electing an official for their either local or state or federal positions? Well, I think that um, we should have quality of life metrics for the voters. You know, unbiased. I mean, it's kind of impossible to say I'm biased, but because um, there's bias in everything. But you know, is there is the traffic getting better or not? Is there more homeless? How are the schools doing? Um, you know, if, if the community is continually declining, I think that that those Politicians should not be allowed to run again. Uh, they should just, you know, automatically be disqualified from uh, being on the ballot. And some, so there has to be some kind of metrics to to prevent these types of politicians from continually um, being on the ballot. You know, like Nancy Pelosi, for example. I mean, you look at San Francisco. I mean, it's just a, just a nightmare. And yet she is, you know, continually. Um, elected. And, you know, you see that all over the country in certain areas. And um, because, I mean, we've got to have some kind of standards for, for them, for these politicians. Right. Well, you know, one of the biggest problems, with, uh, well, one of the big problems I see with Nancy Pelosi and others uh, in that position is the fact that the U.S. Constitution guarantees us equal representation. And because uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate use seniority to, to place people on committees, office positions, and things of that liking, um, Nancy Pelosi ends up with grossly more power than, say, Mar- Marjorie Green, who was just elected. And in theory, all are supposed to be equal in the House of Representatives, and yet a new person being elected last year to the House of Representatives might take two or three decades uh, to get to the equivalent power of the top one-third of the members of the House. And that puts us at a very bad position because the people that are recently elected in 30 years are probably going to be corrupted by the process um, um, as much as anyone else has been while they're there. Uh, it's, right. a, it's a terrible situation. Now, if they were to allow us it to is, vote it is. in any district that we chose to vote in for, for a politician because – you know, one could argue that a Nancy Pelosi has so much more influence over what happens to me here in Georgia um, than even my own congressman. And um, that that seriously should be considered unconstitutional in my point of view. But uh, so what are the right. other well, things that we can do don't... to help keep politicians effective? Well, you know, just to piggyback on what you said is, you know, People who don't live in the same district or the district they're going to represent can run for that said district, but yet people outside the district can't vote for that person, which is very interesting. Yes, it seems like quite so, a uh, uh, error in the, in the planning of how. Yeah, it seems to be illegal. Occur. 
But that's why I think with, you know, having a, a single term limit would really reduce a lot of these um, corrupt politicians from being involved if you had just one term. I mean, you know, you think about it, you won't have to wait 30 years for someone with power or, you know, it put everyone on equal equal level. Yes, fresh eyes every few years would be an awesome thing. And Congress and the Senate were not meant to be lifetime jobs uh, where people uh, provided fully for their, for their, not only their families, but for their retirement as well. It was supposed to be a part-time job. In fact, uh, many, many years after the start of this country, they did not even meet for the full year. It was a long time before uh, Congress decided that itself was so important it had to meet uh, 12 months out of the year. Right, right. Well, the other thing is look at um, Johnny Isaacson. And, uh, I mean, he got reelected and then resigned. I don't know how many terms he had served, but, I mean, he was very elderly. And then Kemp got the opportunity to appoint someone, which I, I, that's another thing I think should be um, illegal, so to say, because we never voted for, for we voted for Kemp. We didn't vote for Kemp to vote to, you know, appoint people. That should have been an election right away. Right. I think the the Georgia voters would have been served much better. That the nominee, Kelly, uh, uh, was selected not because of her firm loyalty to the U.S. Constitution or the state of Georgia's Constitution, but because basically she had a lot of money, a lot of contacts um, that was going to allow her to do a lot of fundraising um, for the uh, election, the special election, when it did occur. And it was quite unfortunate because we even knew, I mean, I, I knew of a council member in Johns Creek, Council Member Andres, who would have been a great position person for that role because they don't want to change the world via legislation. They just want to enforce the Constitution. And um, But somebody like Stephanie would never have an opportunity because she doesn't owe own millions and millions of dollars in assets that would be allowed to be used for her election purposes. So, right, um, right. So, but we know it's it's a it's a very incestuous circle. We see the mayor of Johns Creek now being voted to the uh, Fulton County Development Authority board, and um, you know, is he the right person for that job? Of course not. But he was picked because of his relationships that he has had with other people on the Fulton County Development Board as mayor, and so. It seems to be a very closed group where they just pick their their friends and buddies to keep filling the position. The other council member on the board of the Fulton County Development Authority was Steve Broadbent. And not once did I see Steve Broadbent vote against any item that was brought up for the Fulton County Development Board. And that is not for the residents of Fulton County by any means. It does not help them whatsoever. We've seen the mess in Fulton County. We continue to see the mess in Fulton County with the election results. Right. Now, um, see, that's another thing that I think should be eliminated from government is the development authorities. I mean, why certain people get reduced taxes or special benefits and other people don't? I mean, it seems, to me it just seems so illegal. I'm surprised that this has been carrying on. But you know more about it. What, what do you think about the development authority and their uh, – the process that they go through. I think the development authority, once you decide you need a development authority in your community, 
is because something is wrong with how your cap structure is situated. And that should be the red flag to the, to the, to the politicians that we need to do something to lower taxes across the board. Because the, the perverse incentive, they say, is that the reduced taxes um, will help sell this lot, which then um, bring in more revenue going forward. Um, and that's simply not true. I, I argue with Steve Broadbent. They were putting in a Kroger in downtown Buckhead. And trust me, the store was going to locate there whether or not they got uh, uh, tax cuts from the local government um, to build there. You have to, you have to trust the market and you have to trust that the people aren't buying property and building in your area, there's a reason. And the government has already acknowledged that it's the taxes. So the taxes are the incentive to get somebody to buy the property and develop it. And if that's the incentive, then taxes are too high for all, all of your businesses as well. And they may run, um, um, be run out of town because taxes are so high. Government thinks once you're there, you're going to stay there because it's easier. But We've seen a lot of businesses relocating recently um, to more uh, low-tax uh, havens trying to uh, avoid the, the taxation because taxation has gotten so high across the board. That's why if you look at the federal level, Biden is trying to uh, engage with all the other countries to set a minimum level of taxation because they're trying to prevent companies internationally from going to lower-tax locations uh, and avoiding the uh, the very high taxes of the European Union, United States, um, and other locations that seem to think that businesses are in business to pay taxes. Interesting. Uh, so here yeah. in Utah, um, Facebook has just uh, opened up a huge data center, and they got, you know, very very lucrative uh, tax incentives. I think maybe $750 million collectively of different uh, taxpayer subsidies along the way for this. And it's only going to employ like less than 200 people. So it's not even a tax uh, or job creator, so to say. The other interesting thing is here, you know, out in the desert, Water is, I mean, we've got a drought. There's a drought all over in Western America. And these data centers use a tremendous amount of water and power, uh, but the water to cool them. And so I just find it very interesting that, you know, here you have one of the most lucrative businesses in the, in the world, Facebook. They're getting incentives to build. Um, I just yes, I it's, it. uh, it's unfortunate, especially when you look at you, the fact that the uh, government is using Facebook to censor the American people and, you know, clearly violating the First Amendment. And it's uh, we're, we're subsidizing all of the wrong things in our society. It seems that society is getting uh, closer and closer to the edge, and yet nobody will step back and realize where it's going wrong. We need an audience that understands that you can't have, whether you like the comment or not, you cannot have government flagging Facebook posts and having Facebook then delete them. That is clearly unconstitutional. And I I hope that the courts uh, settle that quickly and firmly. But the other thing that we as uh, customers can do is delete Facebook accounts and keep them from, from deriving income from us. 
because sooner or later, we're going to be very unhappy with how things are going with the corporations getting so large and doing what they want and the politicians uh, begging them to come build in their locations and giving them all of those tax breaks on, behalf, on the back of the taxpayers who already live there. It really is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, I, I agree with the fact, you know, Facebook's a private business and, you know, they should be able to, you know, in theory, censor, you know, who and what they want, what they want on their website. I get that. But I think where where it crosses the line is the fact that the government and the government officials, the politicians, all of the departments, they use Facebook to um, propagate their information and disseminate it. And that puts it into the public town square. And once the government starts using that, then it should be vigorously up to debate. And people should be able to comment on it without it being censored. And um, so, yeah, I think the free speech thing is really at risk. Um, you know, the best thing would be for the government to stop using Facebook then if they don't want to send it. Yes, there you go. You are absolutely correct. Otherwise, should stop using Facebook. Yeah, and then that would, I mean, that would solve the whole problem, really. And then Facebook can can keep what it wants on its website and what it doesn't. They have their, they have the right to do that. Um, It just crosses the line when government uses it for the purpose of, of, uh, you know, informing the people and whatnot. Well, I know that you had a website, and um, I know that you also had a lot of conflict with the local government, and they wanted you to delete, delete comments and things like that. And we went back and forth with them and said it's a freedom of speech issue. And government asking us to take away comments on there is, is unconstitutional. It's not allowed. They must protect free speech, even if they disagree with it not try to censor it. And we saw what happened. We saw the hot tippers. We saw the lying. We saw the fake uh, user IDs created to post comments, trying to promote one candidate over another, all of these things. And all of that was being done by government elected officials. And it creates a very bad environment. And like you, I would not delete Mm -hmm. comments off of my website unless I had an issue with it that it's not up to government to contact me and say that can't be said or that comment is inappropriate. They have no authority to do so. And even bullying people is not something they should be doing, but um, as we all know, that's one of the things they don't hesitate to do. Right. Well, I mean, the the city did that even with Facebook, you know, some years ago. People would comment on their the city Facebook page, and, I mean, they would be – you know, questions about the traffic or an event or directions or anything, really. Or, I mean, someone would be a little more critical of the policy decisions. And the uh, city communications department would go and delete those comments from the page. And I did that FOIA request. And, I mean, it was like, I don't even know, maybe 75 pages of deleted comments they removed from their page that they shouldn't have. I mean, it's just astounding. Um but that person who was in charge of the communications department, he ended up going to prison <laughs> for something else. Well, yeah. um, well it should have yeah. been also so, some of the local uh, officials who knew it was happening and the censorship was going on and took an oath to uphold the Constitution and the state of Georgia Constitution 
and chose to not do anything about it. Right. I wonder if they still are. I mean, you know, that person's gone, but, you know, the department could still be removing Facebook comments. I don't know. Yes, they still could be. Um, we wouldn't know it unless we did a FOIA request um, to actually find out the truth. Yes. So yeah. do you have any other websites in your future? Are you planning to develop any future websites, much like the Johns Creek Post was? No, I, I've sort of – I have no reason to get into uh, local politics anymore. That was sort of uh, – you know, I got into it uh, initially because of the super tower. And uh, because of that, people wanted to know what else was going on, and so that's why we created the Johns Creek Post. But – uh, no, I no longer am associated with that local news uh, websites anymore, and uh, now I'm focusing back on my profession of art therapy and bringing that uh, to people in home through art therapy kits and projects we can do on their own time uh, with all the materials and supplies and so forth. So, uh, which feels good. It's better to go, uh, you know, I've had my son. <laughs> Uh, fighting the poor. Well, there the you go. It looks like my son is getting ready to be back up here in White County because uh, they're planning to do a uh, property tax increase. Um, they advertise that we're just holding steady with the current millage rate, but as we know from years past, um, it ends up being a large tax increase. And I actually started digging into the White County budget this morning and seeing some things that raised a lot of flags to me that I'm going to have to follow up on. But uh, Yes, it's, it's it's good to be doing art therapy. Is there a website you would want to share with anyone to uh, possibly contact you for services? Or um, if you sure, want to, you can send me that information Ophi. later, and I can include it. Sure, yeah, it's uh, ofi.com, O-E-F is in Frank Y.com. And OFI stands for Optical for Yonder. Very good. So, well, I will uh, yeah. uh, I'll yeah. include that on the uh, text for the webpage here at uh, Lock Talk Radio. Oh, um, we're just about oh, out you. of time. I do appreciate your time today, Jennifer Jensen, and I wish you great success yeah. with that. Uh, we did push the dialogue in Johns Creek. Anybody who's driven through Johns Creek recently um, knows that the traffic lights flow much better than they ever did, they ever thought possible. And that was in great part to you. Uh, continuing to publish pieces about traffic and how bad it was and that we could actually do something. And so I, I thank you for that. And I know a lot of neighbors down there who are able to get home in a timely manner now and in and out of their neighborhood, but also thank you and the Johns Creek Post for that. So. Oh, thank you, Ernest. And I appreciate you and all your help. And I'm glad that we, uh, we moved the needle over there. And yes, we did move the needle. It is the important possible, issues. But it's a, it's a very heavy needle. And there's a lot of things on the other side weighing against us to make it happen. And as we all know, it's by design. It's written into their documents when they become a city or a county or a state. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. I will talk right. to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So this is EJ Musa with The Naked Truth for July 19, 2021. We've been on hiatus for a while. Uh, there was so much going on, it wasn't really worth getting into, but now that uh, we seem to have uh, gotten our feet back on the ground, we will pursue interesting topics and interesting guests and try to create a dialogue where we can make all of our communities better and more effective 
for those who actually live there and those who want to participate. For this time, this is EJ Musa with The Naked Truth. You can contact me, EJMOOSA at EJMOOSA.com and send me your comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.